still in our series called Disciple. Be with Jesus, become like Jesus, do what Jesus did. And hopefully it's a series that we stay in like forever because that's what we should be doing. That's how we should be spending our walk is how can we grow more? How can we reach more people? How can we grow in relationship more? Uh, So we've been using this definition for what it means to be a disciple, and it is a lifelong learner, follower, and friend of Jesus who helps others to become a lifelong learner, follower, and friend of Jesus. We've been talking today a lot about groups specifically, and I've been asking, and I'll ask again today, uh, it would be so amazing, so awesome if we could get 100% of our church involved in a group. That would be fantastic, right? Yes, yes, everybody. Yes, good. Feel free to applaud anything I say, by the way. Thank Thank you, thank you. So supportive. Um, Okay, feel free to applaud selectively anything that I say. Um, So relationship is the focus of the Father, right? Our God is all about relationship. That's why he sent Jesus, to repair a relationship that we had broken that we could not fix. And so the Father sent away. He sent his Son to get into relationship with us and restore our connection to the Father. That's the heart of the gospel. And it needs to be the heart of our spiritual walk as well. We need to be living that thing out. And so I mentioned last week that what I'd love for everybody to do is to get at least two steps beyond Sunday, right? Sunday, today's service, which is what it's officially named now, is, thank you, is a great place to come together get fueled up for the week. By the way, if we're looking at it as Sunday service is the place where you recover from last week, then we've got to recorrect. We've got to recorrect? We just need to correct once. We don't need to recorrect. We need to reframe our thinking. Sunday service isn't the place where we come to get everything right from the mess up that happened last week. Sunday service should be the place that we come to fuel up and supercharge the week coming up ahead. We've got things that the Father is asking us to do this next week, and we're, we're beginning right now to get fueled up, to get inspired, to get in connection, to, to re- recharge our batteries through relationship so that we can go and take on the day tomorrow and the next day and the next day. So I've been asking people to get two levels beyond a Sunday service. Sunday service is a great place to get charged up. It's a great place for us to see one another. It's a great place to hear some incredible speaking. And I was hoping that would get applauded. Uh, thank you for your pity. I appreciate it. Um, but it's not enough to really become disciples. It's not enough. It's not enough. Uh, that's why we have small groups. We get in small groups, you're in a closer, uh, closer proximity, closer connection. You're talking with fewer people, which means everybody gets a bigger slice of the conversational pie, right? We all get a chance to know each other a little bit more. And small groups are a great way to go one level beyond Sunday, but it's not enough. It's not enough. The goal of small groups is to get us meeting people and to get us talking about things, to get us connected so that we can really allow the Holy Spirit to draw us to those people who are going to not just be our church family, not just be our small group members, but they're going to be our friends, right? Because God 
sent Jesus to reconnect us to him in deep relationship. This is wonderful, but this can't facilitate the depth of relationship that God wants you to be in with other believers. So we're trying to get two levels beyond Sunday. That's where disciple-making happens. That's where spiritual development really happens. And so uh, it's, it's time. It's time for us to really make, and we talked last week about being intentional. It's time for us to make an intentional effort. I think that here in, here in Liberty Hill, I feel like we, we're giving, sort of we're giving language and names to something that kind of we already organically do. Do you get that sense? Like we're talking about relationships. We're talking about seeing people outside of church. We're talking about friendships that maybe started here, but they don't end here. We're talking about that. And I feel like that's who we are as a church. But that doesn't mean that God's not going to be bringing more people in who don't have that experience and need us to be intentional, right? It's, it, it, it's, it's important that we be intentional and we be focused and, and directed and purposeful, living our life on purpose, living our walk with Jesus out on purpose, not just accidentally. There's some, like I mentioned last week, there's some great things that can happen by accident, but there are also some really wonderful, powerful things that can happen when we mean to, when we're intentional and we're focused, all right? So, uh, and, and it's different, honestly, than a lot of what we see and a lot of what we're taught in church. Modern church has become a little bit more about what can I get when I come here? What can I get? How can my needs be met? Do you have something for me at this church? Because if you don't, I'm going to find a church that has something for me because it's about me. It's about myself. And I don't think that that's what the Father intended for us to be like when we come to the house of God. We've, we've got uh, to fight that cultural consumer convenience mentality. Those have become kind of core values of the church in a lot of ways. Uh, but God's called us to, to reach out. God's called us to produce, to contribute, to sacrifice which is not a very popular word to say. But God's called us to sacrifice, to really put ourselves out there and take risks, interpersonally sometimes, to take risks, not just to come and say, meet my needs, meet my needs, meet my needs. So when we find that we become better disciples of our culture than we have of Jesus, it's time to regroup. It's time to rethink. And it's time to kind of double down on what Jesus said and what what he actually modeled for us, right? So uh, just recapping, in case you missed one or two of the message series, we talked early on about uh, settling the matter of our love and our obedience for Jesus. Uh, love and obedience, not two separate things. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments, right? So those are one and the same. There's a bit of a tension there for us because we've been taught a little bit that love doesn't necessarily mean obey. We've also been taught that obey is a bad word. But the way that Jesus uses it with us, it actually results in our life, our freedom, uh, joy, and, and it results in us knowing him on a deeper level. So we talked about love and obedience. We talked about um, disciple making being relational, not informational, which is great that you're listening to me because I don't have a ton of information, but I do like people. So yay, we're winning. Yeah, you can applaud anything you want. Um, last week, we talked about intentional 
being intentional and not accidental. And so today we're going to talk about how being a disciple and disciple making is cyclical, not linear. Cyclical and not linear. Um, Seasons and cycles. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. They're kind of built into the fabric of the world that we live in. Seasons and cycles. Let's take a look at Genesis 1.14. Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, the days, and the years. Anybody else picture James Earl Jones saying that in your head? Uh, it's, or Morgan Freeman. It's just so much more impactful that way, right? I'm talking to my son. Uh, and then in the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, Solomon says, For everything there's a season and a time for every activity under heaven. And I, that was one of the first scriptures I think I remember memorizing because it was always on AM radio, the birds singing. Y'all know that song? To everything, turn, turn, turn. Remember? We don't have to sing it. It's fine. Uh, oh, man. It's a good one. I'm going to go listen to that one when I get home, though. So God's creation is based upon seasons. And that applies to, uh, to everything. Like it applies to, to media, it's business, it's sports, it's politics, it's agriculture. In Texas, even, we have seasons. I don't know if you realize that. We have, we have summer and we have February. And, and they just occur with alarming regularity, right? Um, so all things have seasons and cycles and, and an order, a repeated order that they go through. This is actually a part of the design of God. Things have seasons. We've kind of lost touch a little bit. A lot of our society has lost touch with the importance of this like agriculturally because we have H-E-B and we can just go get anything anytime we want. But if you're planting and you're growing and you're watering and you're harvesting, the seasons become very important. And being mindful of the repeated progression of things in the natural world becomes really important. For us, uh, we're, we're not all planting, we're not all harvesting things in the natural, but we are always in a growth cycle in our own spiritual lives. There is seed planting, there's watering, there's sometimes tilling rocky soil, there's, uh, there's, there's harvesting, hopefully, there's harvesting. Otherwise, all, this, all the work just doesn't seem like any fun at all. all right, so spiritual growth is cyclical or seasonal. It's not a linear process. Uh, and since our spiritual growth is cyclical, that also means that disciple-making is cyclical. Becoming a disciple is not just a progression from A to B to C to D all the way through, all the way through Z. It's not, like, it's not like playing a game where, you, you know, where you're, what is it, a platform game, right? Platform video game where you just got this thing you're running on, and then you get to the end of a level, and then you level up, and then you get to the end of a level, and then you level up. Our spiritual growth is not like that really at all. It's a lot of, okay, repeat, repeat. Go down this road. Here's a challenge. Here's what you need to learn. We're going to come back. We're going to do it again. We're going to come back. We're going to do it again. And what we find is that even when we've been really successful, we're coming back and we're doing it again. Even when we have the victory over a certain challenge in our life, over a certain issue of our heart, we have to come back and we have to do it again, but not on the same level. We come back and we do it again 
on a deeper level, right? right? So I might, you know, if I have an, an issue going on in my life. I have an issue with, with letting go and giving God control, like we talked about earlier, earlier today. Um, he's going to take me through a process where he's going to need me to learn to let go and give him control. But that doesn't mean that I've mastered it. That means I mastered it for this task. I mastered it for this moment. And knowing me, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty human. I'll forget or, or I'll think I've got it done. God's going to bring me back to another place where he's going to have to teach me to release control, to let go and let him take control of something bigger, something more meaningful, something deeper, right? So we're going through a, a cycle. We're going through seasons with God. And there's two very distinct seasons in the cycle of our spiritual growth. And the first one is that we go through seasons of surrender. There's, we're only going to talk about two today. We go through seasons of surrender. And I know in, in some areas in, in our life, Jennifer, we're going through seasons of surrender right now. You know, you make your plans, the Lord devises your steps, and sometimes when the Lord is devising your steps, you got to surrender your plans because it doesn't work out and it can't work out if he's going to do what he needs to do in you. It can't work out the way you planned it. So we have to surrender, right? Luke 9, 23. Then he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily and follow me. Jesus is speaking to that cyclical thing. We don't just surrender once. We don't just surrender like quarterly or every year we renew. You know, it's it's not like we sign up for another yearly membership and then we coast and we're fine. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you have to take up your cross daily. And the cross represents like the the challenge, the 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 battle between the flesh and the spirit, the cross represents that point where we let the spirit win. We give up the fleshly desire. We give up the selfishness. We give for, for Jesus. He even prayed this in the garden. He said, if there's any other way that we could do this than what I'm about to go through, let's do that, Father. But nevertheless, your will be done. Right? So Jesus himself would have, I think, would have accepted a different way if God had said, okay, you know what? Let's change the plan. Jesus would have accepted a different way, but that was not the way that it was going to have to work out. And so Jesus had a plan. He said, uh, if there's any other way for this to happen, I'd be great. But seasons of surrender, nevertheless, your will be done and not mine. And so Jesus is talking to us about this. If any of you wants to be my follower, you have to do like I did. You have to Turn from your selfish ways. Turn from that thing within us that says, is there any way you could do this that I like? I mean, if, you, if, I, if I could like what we're doing, that would be great. And I would be totally on board. Um, if there's any way we can do this that makes me happy and that I feel good about posting, that would be awesome. <laughs> Nevertheless, Father, your will be done. However it is you want to do this. And when we do this, because it's tested again and again and again and again. See, Jesus is holding us to this. I talked about like that, 
surrender cycle, right? The, you surrender once and then you surrender again, but it's a deeper level. Jesus will test us on this. He'll bring things into our path to say, okay, you surrendered yesterday. How about today? How are we doing? You surrendered yesterday when the stakes were a little lower. How are we doing today when the stakes have raised a little bit? Are you still with me? Will you still surrender? Will you still let me do what I need to do in your life? So it's going to be tested again and again and again. But as it's tested and as we are willing to surrender, then surrender becomes a way of life. Surrender doesn't become so much a choice that we have to make. Surrender becomes the thing that we do because that's how we do it. This is our way of life. And when surrender becomes our way of life, then Jesus tells us, that's when you're really my follower. When you've turned from your selfish ways, you take up your cross and you follow me every day, that's when, that's when you're really following. Because that's what he did, right? So there's seasons of surrender. But the second season that we go through in our cycle, being a disciple, is a season of stewardship. Seasons of stewardship. We're kind of talking about seasons in your life when, uh, when we've surrendered and God is allowing us to move in something new, right? So Matthew 25, 21. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. That's, the, that's what you want to hear. That's, the, that's like the, the, what is it, the, like the performance review that you really want from, from God. You know, when you're in the meeting and everything, and it's, well, how did I do this quarter? And he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. You're going to go well in this organization. Come and share your master's happiness. So there are times when we've surrendered, we've been brought into a new thing, and we feel like, man, God is really allowing me to walk in something new, something different, and it's exciting. But even that is a test. Even that is a test because it's, it's, it's one thing to respond when you're in the low place, when you're going through the testing. It's one thing to respond to God and say, I really need you here. I really need you. We get into rescue mode. We get into please save me mode. And it becomes, we become really, really willing to do whatever God wants, right? Uh, I've screwed up. Everything I've done is terrible. So God, I really need you more than life itself, and we become really worshipful and all that. But then God says, okay, great. It's right where I want you to be. Here, I'm going to take this burden from you. I'm going to give this over to you because you've surrendered, and let's move you, let's just move you a little bit forward. And we're in victory, and it's so much harder to surrender when things are going well. It's so much harder to surrender. It's, it's actually a bigger test, right? So when we're in the trials, it's easy to, see, to look for God. When we're in the triumphs, it's really easy to look at ourselves and say, look at what I have done. See what I have brought upon the earth, right? So there are times when you feel like things are going well. You feel blessed. Life is good. You have more than you need. And it's likely because you passed a test of surrendering and stewarding what God gave you. But it also means that a greater test is coming your way because now you're being, you're, you're being allowed to be in charge of a little bit more of God's stuff, right? Um, 
This is the way things go. And uh, in Ephesians 5, uh, verse 15 and 16, Paul said, be very careful then how you live. Those are really smart words. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Making the most of every opportunity. So I want to make the most of those moments when when I'm in the pit, when I'm going through trial, when things seem bad. I want to make the most of those moments by giving over, surrendering to God, allowing him to take control. But then when he brings me out of that pit and I'm up on the mountaintop, I want to make the most of that opportunity as well. I want to be the person who says, okay, God, I need you here too because the pit was terrible. I kind of don't want to go back there. So I need you here on this mountaintop. I want to give over to you everything that you've given to me. I don't want to think any of this is mine. I just, want to, I just need you here, maybe even more than I needed you there. So regardless of the season that we're in, have to make the most of the opportunity. Now, part of the problem is that seasons often last longer than we think they should, right? You're, you're in a season like, like summer in Texas, which lasts from March until January. Uh, February, we get winter, and that's amazing. But seasons last longer than we think they should, especially the seasons of trial, the seasons of surrender. Have you ever had that experience where you're thinking, Lord, I'm in a season still, and uh, I don't see a way out of this time, right? Seasons last longer than we think they should, but they last just as long as God needs them to. They always last just as long as he needs them to. And there may be times when we're in a season and it's a trial kind of season. We're in a season of surrender and we think, I surrendered like a week ago. I mean, somebody's messing up on the paperwork. Somebody didn't file something. I don't know, but I distinctly remember surrendering back there and I'm still in this season. It's really interesting. God, and God's like, <laughs> oh, you silly. Uh, so let's look at Jeremiah 29, 11. This is a verse that we know a lot, yeah. right? We understand this. And this is one of those that we have, we, we want to we make sure that we quote it when people are feeling unsure about who they are in God or what this season is that they're going through. They're feeling like conflicted. They're feeling challenged. We want to let them know who God says they are. And so we quote this to them. We'll say, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They're plans for good and not for disaster or evil. They're plans to give you a future and a hope. And we quote that to people to let them know God is with you right now. Things are going to get better. And the thing that we don't tell people is that God spoke this to Jeremiah because they were about to go into 70 years of captivity, right? Because you don't want to lead with that, right? That's bad, right? So we don't want to tell people, hey, you know what? You're going through a season, and it might last 70 years, but God says he's with you. Be blessed. You know, you don't, that's not super encouraging to a lot of, woo, thank you, Lord. Nobody applauded that except Eric. Um, so, you know, we, we forget sometimes like we, this is, the, this is the mountaintop that we're talking about here, right? I know the plans I have for you, plans to bless you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you a hope and a future. It's not evil, but it's blessing. You're going to be taken care of, says the Lord. And we speak that out to people. 
And we receive that ourselves, forgetting sometimes that they were receiving this knowing they were about to go into 70 years of captivity and slavery, right? Sometimes the season lasts longer than we think it should. But that's where our stewardship really comes into play. So God was telling him at that moment, he said, even though you're going to wonder where I am, I want you to know now, I'm still in the middle of this. I'm still in the middle of that season. So when you're coming, when you feel like, man, it's been a week. See, and I feel bad because like they were about to go into captivity for 70 years. I feel like, man, I, I surrendered like two days ago and everything should be different right now. And God says to us, you know, even Darren, two days ago when you surrendered to me, I was with you then, I'm still with you now, 48 hours later when you're freaking out. <laughs> I'm still with you. So God wants to lead us through seasons, but oftentimes, and I think this is why he's speaking this through Jeremiah, and this is why he's speaking this to us today, so often we want to give up in the middle of a season. We just want to throw in the towel, give up, maybe even start over with a different thing. Like, uh, you know, we've been contending for something, we've been believing for something, and we're not seeing breakthrough in it. We got a promise from the Lord a while back, but we're not seeing that happen. And we get in the middle of it and we think, my patience has really run out. Therefore, God must maybe have been wrong. And maybe I shouldn't believe the thing that I believed when it was really super cool and new. God is telling us, no, I'm still there. I'm still in the middle of that. I've, when I say something, just pretend like this is God saying this to you, right? When I say something, I mean it. When I tell you that something is in your future, I meant that. Don't give up on it. When I tell you who you are in my eyes, I mean that. So don't think that you're somebody different. Don't think you're less than what I said you are, right? That's, that's the way he wants us to stand. The lie is that, we, is that we get into this doubt and fear that whatever season we're in is never going to end. But God is telling us, Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans for good, not for disaster. They're plans to give you a future and a hope. And then parenthetically, he's saying, so don't let go of that hope. Don't let go of it. You're going to be tempted to, but don't. So, amen. I'm going to amen myself. Amen. That was good. <laughs> So two things, two things, uh, we're going to close in just a moment. <laughs> right. Uh, you've heard that before, right? So how to live life well in whatever season you happen to be in. Just remember this. Number one, seasons of surrender require faith. Seasons of surrender require faith because you have to take a step. Anybody seen uh, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade? Oh, if you haven't, that's what you got to do today. You got to listen to the birds singing, turn, 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 and then you got to watch Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. There's a step of faith scene in there that's just flipping amazing. It's awesome. And, and so surrender seasons require faith. When we are giving things over to the Lord, that's a step of faith. What we're doing is we're trusting God rather than trusting the things that 
this world that we can see and touch and, and hear and the fears that are being spoken into us. We're, we're saying, you know what, God, this world doesn't have those answers. Even though it looks like that's the way things are going, I'm going to trust you instead. I'm going to trust you. Regardless of the situation, regardless of the, whether people tell me that's crazy or not, I'm choosing to trust you. That's faith. That's putting our, our, our hope in a God who we can't always see, a God who's, who, who sometimes seems a little mystical and a little bit ethereal, right? But he's there. That's putting our trust and our faith in something other than ourselves, something other than our natural world. Surrender seasons require faith, seeking God every day, trusting him, and staying steady during a season of crisis, So that's surrender. Surrender seasons require faith, but stewardship seasons require faithfulness. Understanding that the season won't last. We're we're in stewardship mode when things are going well. We need to be mindful and be wise. Paul told us, be wise. You should know that it's going well right now, but there's going to be challenges up ahead. So steward this well and prepare for that future. Steward what you've got right now well. Prepare for the future. Expect that things may change. We need to understand that seasons won't last, whether they're great or whether they're challenging. Seasons don't last. There's always a next season, and so we have to prepare for the next season. And that also comes down to, just like seasons of faith, it also comes down to seeking God every day, every single day. Lord, make a way today. Lord, help me to be faithful over this today. Tomorrow, the Bible says, has enough trouble of its own. Don't even worry about that. Don't worry. You're going to have plenty. If you won't worry, you'll have plenty tomorrow, is what the Bible is saying. So instead, just trust God for what you need today. Tomorrow has enough trouble of its own. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 18. That's why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day as we seek him. For our present troubles are small, and they won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and that will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that can't be seen. For the things we see now are soon going to be gone, but the things we can't see will last forever. So if we're in a crisis situation, the things that we can see that look like crisis, those will be gone. But the daily commitment that we make to to the Father, that lasts forever. If we're in triumph and the season is great and we're having to steward some amazing things, that season also will soon be gone. But what will last forever is daily giving that over the practice, the habit of daily giving things over to the Father and saying, this is yours. Teach me today what to do with this. That lasts forever. That lasts forever. But we kind of need help to retain that perspective, which is, honestly, it's part of the reason why we want folks to be in groups, bringing it back to groups. Everything is about groups today, y'all, just so you know. Bringing it back to groups. And Pam's like, I applaud that. Mm. Pam almost wooed right there. She was close. You could tell. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's part of what being in groups is about because we're, when you get into a group, just like when you get in here, somebody's going to be going through a season of surrender. Somebody's going to be going through a season of stewardship. And no matter which one it is, we need encouragement from the people around us to be able to stay committed and focused on Jesus 
when we're going through it. That's what small groups are about. That's what friendships are about. That's what this is about too, but it's mainly just me talking and you guys don't get to tell me stuff, right? This this is the format that this is. So we need, well, I need to listen more probably, but, but we need to be with other believers in a different format to where we can be seen and heard and known and we can see and hear and know others. That's what we're designed for. 